welcome to another episode of Who Gives a Hoot? I'm Luke. Um, I am joined today by Ben. Ben hey. Turner, you there? Hey. Uh, now, Ben, uh, the main contributor to our data dump, other than the players. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, we, we've got Ryan the Big. Hello. Uh, Ryan uh, is really, really happy about that uh, Man U game earlier today against Young Boys. I'll be really so... excited when they sell Jesse Lingard, yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, look, look, think of it this way. When you guys crash out of uh, all European competition, you can really focus on the league. I'll, sure, I'll be excited. I'm not when sure they... that's going to help them either. I'll be and excited when got... they sell Ronaldo, but that's a conversation for another time. Yeah, and as you can tell, we've got uh, producer Riley. Hi, everyone. I'm so excited to be here again. It's been like three weeks. If you uh, pay attention to our Twitter, you'll know that we have, uh, I mean... Wait, you have, you have to say it the right way. What do I call you? Uh, Le- League One Maestro, uh, <laughs> League One Fun Host, say and... Say the right way, Luke. Owner of, um, is it Real Central New Jersey or Real Central New Jersey? So I call it Real Central New Jersey because there's a this debate among people who aren't from here whether or not uh, Central Jersey is real. So um, <laughs> it, it's a play on words, and and quite so frankly, kind of like, like Delaware, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Is is that a real place? Okay. It's like it's it's a place we transit to get to DC. I mean, that's pretty much yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So what, what are the boundaries of Central Jersey? So we consider Central Jersey basically the five counties that are include Mercer County, um, Middlesex County, um, Monmouth County. And so, so it's basically the, the area of the state kind of south of Interstate 78 and north of Interstate 195. Uh, so kind of that corridor uh, there. So it's it's basically the areas that, that uh, the way that I think about it, it's areas that are commutable to both New York and Philadelphia. Okay. What are your uh, What are your major metropolitans? Uh, Trenton, New Jersey. Uh, I live okay. uh, five miles from Trenton, and then uh, New Brunswick, which is where Rutgers University is. It's kind of okay. that's like literally geographically the center of the state, just about. I have, um, so. I have spent I have spent the night in Central Jersey. Then there we go. <laughs> Here's the so, question so, on everyone's mind: Where are you in relation to the Pine Barrens? Does anybody so know the, who we're talking to? So, so the northern end of the Pine Barrens would be the southern border of central Jersey. So not not far. I mean, it's maybe half an hour, 25, uh, 35 minutes or so. Is the home of Ethan Vanacore Decker in central Jersey? Uh, he, went to, he went to school here. And um, so let's see. I don't remember where he grew up. It's uh, Man- Manahawken? So Manahawken, yeah. So that would be central. We would consider that central Jersey, yeah. One and, of my best friends from college. I have I have several close friends from college from Central Jersey yeah. now, but uh, one of them went to the high school where his dad teaches. <laughs> That's great. So <laughs> so I, I'll tell you this. So Ethan Ethan uh, uh, went to um, went to the Pennington School, which is in Pennington, New Jersey, which is the next town um, west of where I live, and um, and they're actually going to be a partner of ours for a USL Academy League team that we're. We're trying to get organized for next year. So, um, yeah. So, so Ethan kind of is is one of the celebrities from from that particular venue. All right, uh, Ryan. So say we it, say it. 
So we haven't properly introduced you, and we have to do it the way that it always used to come across, which is Ira Jersey. Take it away. <laughs> sure. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me on. Yeah. You know, and and since you're going to ask at the end, I'll, I'll tell you who gives a hoot. I do, um, yes. because yes. you know I've 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 enjoyed the um, everything about the start of Union Omaha. I liked. The branding when it came out, um, I like the roster. You know, I like that you have a local coach. Um, I love the fact that you guys played up on the owl theme and and created the supporters group called the Parliament. I, I said that to someone one time. They're like, "What the hell's a Parliament?" I'm like, "A Parliament is a flock of owls." I'm like, "How cool is that?" That's one of the greatest ideas that that people had in terms of naming a supporters group. So I have to give kudos to you know both the fans and I and the front office of uh, of Union Omaha, and obviously. The last two seasons, the on-field play, there's no, nothing really to complain about. I mean, you know, yeah, you didn't, you know, you didn't quite get over the edge because you didn't have a final last year. But let's face it, like you were one of the, you were easily one of the two best teams, and and you know, in a, a small league like this, there's not much more you could ask for, really. True. Uh, yeah. Cut it. Ira, nothing cut to complain it for about. Hey, don't don't get our heads any bigger, Ira. <laughs> I mean, all we ever want to hear is just people to praise our team, Ira. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, you know, there's a lot of things in, in most of the teams around the league. There's a lot of things to praise, right? And and not all of it's on field. And uh, so when you think about some, uh, uh, like South Georgia Tormenta, for example, a lot of the community stuff they're doing and building out their academy and the fact that they bring through so many players from from their USL League 2 team. You know, th- those are things that that should be admired as well. Like even though they're, you know, w- we're mid-table the first couple of years and and you know, this year they're f- really fighting for a playoff spot and you know, ha- have a good, you know, I would say as good a chance as anyone else in the middle of the table to to make it to the playoffs. You know, they, there's a lot of other things that that soccer clubs do from from a community building perspective than you know just win games. Um, and, and I'd like to I'd like to hope that too because our USL League Two team did really poorly this year. But our women's <laughs> team, of course, our women's team made it to the finals and ended up playing against uh, Gotham nice. FC uh, in the in the finals and uh, Gotham FC's nice. reserve team. Um, so you know, so so you know, the men did do well, but the women did well. I mean, that's you know, I'm used to that. That's that's been the I mean, that's you know, the US- that's, that's been the U.S. national team for the last 25 years. Yep, yeah, exactly. Uh, definitely a huge fan of what uh, Darren Van Tassel's done uh, down there in Tormenta. Uh, that that program off the field has been fantastic. And I know last year COVID just ruined any chance they had of being competitive. Um, and this year they, they've had some bright spots. But again, I, I think it's just been... Uh, a lot of recovery from last year and trying to trying to make things work, but what they've been doing off the field is fantastic. Um, yeah. And of course, shout out to Kobe Perez, who uh, yep. easily easily would have been bottom two of X Owls that we would have thought would have had the most successful twenty twenty one. But wow, yeah, that's, but <laughs> oh, I forget which one of you I was talking to about this at the game, but. Ira, I am just right there. gonna try and pepper these in as they come in. But uh, we did get our first question for you from Twitter, uh, coming from the wonderful Ross Devonport. I believe I said that correctly. <laughs> oh um, God, is he gonna ask me to pronounce really? it? Please don't. Um, so his, he, he basically he has, he has a statement for you. Um, it said he'll only ask you a question when you bring League One fun back. Oh, <laughs> oh! I I will say, Ira, from uh, a personal standpoint, when the team was announced, I found League One fun, and 
that first season, that's what I listened to to find out what was going on with this league. So uh, I appreciated the all those episodes, and I listened to every one of them because it helped me know what Omaha was getting into. Well, let me let me say for you guys, you know, you guys know how much it is to do a podcast for a single team, and you know, the, ultimately for Jason and I. So, firstly, Jason moved to uh, west of the Pacific time zone, um, and then <laughs> I um, I started a USL League Two team. So, it, it, you know, having to watch, you know. T- seven eight nine games now with wednesday saturday matches it just became basically an impossibility and and you know if if one of you guys wants to host but there there is an alternative now so um i don't know if you guys have found the walking 90 pod but done by oh, my, yeah. Uh, yeah my good friend elliot Barr um and yep. some some folks from from other teams um so yeah maybe maybe there's there's like a crossover thing that we could do and and maybe i'll join that pod when i'm not helping manage a a league two team um so i really only only started watching league one games uh regularly uh the last uh, month or so um you know before that i was i was basically watching you know our team and going out to to all of our uh, our training matches and and or trainings and then matches and we had friendlies and u23 teams like you know we we had Four different teams going on over the summer, and and just organizing all of that along with my my paid job during the day <laughs> took uh, took a fair amount of time. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, no, I. I mean, Ira, we we really brought you on here to talk uh, bonds and, and stocks. I mean, we we're, we're looking for that financial advice to make this podcast successful. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we actually no. we tweeted at the wrong uh, Twitter handle, I think, Luke. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, so I do have I do have two Twitter handles, and and I've made it very clear that one is about finance and one is about soccer. Uh-oh, which one did I tweet at? Uh, if it has an F in it, you did the wrong one. Nope, we're good. I got, <laughs> I got, got the you. soccer got one. You. Yeah, you got the soccer one. Uh, I, I, uh, well, I retweeted it. Well, let's uh let's uh get into the news here. Ryan, you wanna wanna take us away? Yeah, so uh, the first thing uh, that came up on the news is Dami won goal of the week for uh, for his one of his goals against uh, North Carolina. Ira, what did you think? What did you think of that goal? Yeah, so uh, you know, fabulous goal. I, I think you know Dami can hit can hit bangers when he wants to, and you know the the fact that you know he got multiple goals in that game. North Carolina FC, obviously, I, I think at this point. I haven't done the math myself, but I'm pretty sure they're mathematically eliminated now from uh, from the playoffs. And if not, then they're like they need to win out or something, which is effectively, um, you know, being out. So, so they're not a particularly good team. But regardless, uh, you know, when when you're when you're able to finish like that, you you deserve a goal of the week vote. So we got mine. Um, so you know, I, I vote for the goal of the week almost every week. So. Well, yeah, and I, I, it was it was Jason that said it a lot, right? Bangers only league. He <laughs> did. He coined that phrase. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I used that and, phrase on and, Twitter today. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, I mean, we're, we're one against Greenville. You have to use that. But Dami has been really finding his own. I think even more so than where he was running team of the week for what was it? The first six weeks he was team of the week. Something like uh, that, got yeah. to the point, got to the point where we pretty much weren't acknowledging team of the week if Dami wasn't on it. <laughs> Somebody uh, message him because he knows. He knows why. How many times he's <laughs> oh, he knows, and I'm sure his agents reminding him. 
Um, but NCFC has had some bright spots this season, and the bright spots they've had against or had are against fairly competitive teams. So I I went into this with my my three zero prediction, but was not comfortable with that. Um, everybody knows I'm always going to try and predict three zero because I feel we should be getting that every time. But really, uh, NCFC didn't show up even half of what they they normally did and Dami took full advantage of that uh throughout uh very happy to see us get a pk and him get that pk so yeah um next let's uh let's move on to devin boyce and jp skiers making it to team of the week this week so um, we're going to acknowledge this one oh i i am no, no, Dami. No, so we're going to acknowledge <laughs> it still. Uh, I mean, I'm wondering. JP I'm wondering why. Gave... I'm wondering why Greg wasn't on. Greg Hurst wasn't on Team of the Week this week. Oh, that um, that beautiful assist. Yeah, exactly. Oh like you, you, you. I mean, when we talk about the it's goals, we'll, the we'll talk into it. But uh, yeah, I, I mean that that alone, I think, deserved a Team of the Week shout out. So we used to have on League One Fun. We used to have the the snubs basically from Team of the Week and. <laughs> I yeah. would have given mine to Hurst this week for sure. And also, um, I just want to say that that little back heel to Hurst to for Hurst to put the ball over from Devin was I didn't yeah. see it in real time. I I only saw it when I saw the replay, and I was like, "Wow, that was a beautiful goal in and out." No, that that was that amazing run up there. Uh, Boyce just absolutely buried that. Uh, didn't put a hole through the net this time. Uh, you know that that seems to be his specialty, but not not this time. No, what was awesome G- though was he had uh, he had two friends up from uh, St. Louis for that, so that was cool. I did warn the side judge when she was checking the net to really do a good job because Devin will put a hole in that net. <laughs> uh, I believe that was on the other end uh, where where he put the hole in the net, but. No, definitely, definitely need to make sure that the ball doesn't have any razors on it, and Devin's uh, foot doesn't have uh, accelerant on it. But JP scored, and ultimately team of the week. If you're offensive, if you're not in the defense and you score, or if you score when you're in the defense, you make team of the week. That's how it works. Um, but JP scored. It wasn't a 25-yard banger like he promised me last season. Still waiting on that Two one. Two-and-a-half-yard banger. I mean, it was pretty. It nutmegged the keeper. Didn't make goal of the week contention. Real upset about that one. Um, I, I'm really hoping he sent an apology letter. Just that <laughs> that was... Uh, I mean, that that's, that's a rough goal to score. Well, it had scored upon you. Well, and a beautiful assist too, with the right oh. foot. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it was. I think it was a good. It was a good assist. But I, I mean, the finish was was good. But quite frankly, a little lucky. I mean, he was in the right place at the right time, right? Um, you know, more than more than I think. You know that. It, you know, the goal of the week honors. I think take have to be goals that take a little bit more skill and effort than you know, kind of just sticking your foot out and redirecting it between the keeper's legs, right? <laughs> Ira, have you oh, seen some of the goals time. of the week? <laughs> <laughs> like I said, I, pre- I vote for I vote for almost all of them. 
I'm pretty sure they changed the way that you can see the voting because of stuff like that happening because people would just flood it with votes. Uh, up north, Got, uh, purple, I mean pink, I mean, oh, I'm sorry. The the Russian bots in uh, Madison, uh, I'll call it, I'll call it. Riley and, I, Riley and I have access to Russian programmers now, so we should, uh, we should get on this one, Riley. Hey, 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 I'm going to have a few more votes now. Uh, I yep. appreciate it. You know, I'm, I'm an owner in the league right now, but I have to say, I, I do have to think that there's some kind of weird algorithmic and maybe, you know, some kind of bot thing going on sometimes in goal of the week. Miami? Because I, I, well, my, my USL team, we had a banger of a goal and it was winning. It had like 60% of the vote. And then suddenly, literally overnight, within 12 hours of voting closing from the last time I looked at it to when voting closed at, no, at noon the next day, um, another... Uh, one of the other goals got 94% of the vote in the end. Um, it, it was just, it was ridiculous. It was absolutely ridiculous. It, so. It's those weighted votes. Um, <laughs> Ranked choice voting. No, just, be, yeah. just because, just because a former men's national team players, you know, guy wasn't getting enough votes. Maybe I don't know. I'm, I'm maybe Ooh. starting a little controversy Ooh. here, but yeah. nah, that's what we're here uh, for. Ira, I think well, you're the only not Omaha person that listens to the pod, so you're not starting any controversies. <laughs> you'd be surprised. You'd be surprised, by the way. Um, you know, there's a lot of people that listen to the to the end of specific team pods. You know, there's going to be people, I bet, from other um, other teams for you know just to do some due diligence and and think about you know what players to look out for and stuff that that you know some other technical staff from other teams probably listen and i wouldn't be surprised if one or two people from the uh from the home office down in tampa also listen oh Oh, and we know ross listens (laughs) also if any technical staff from any other team is listening to us be worried about any 11 that is put out by us and if you're trying to take our players they're all trash (laughs) you don't don't want any of them unless you're paying us for in which case they're worth at least three million dollars I think that's how it goes. Yep. Um, Honestly, I'd love to get a confirmed sale from League One to anywhere else for over for six figures. What? What yeah. do you do? You think um, that five thousand dollars that a, a certain team in San Diego tried offering a certain team in League One um, for a player that's worth significantly more than that on transfer market and just in general uh, was was insufficient yeah a little bit i I mean there's you know the the challenge with all usl teams and and you know i'm not saying you know championship teams obviously generally have deeper pockets than league one teams but the the challenge with all the teams is that they're running such shoestring budgets that you know five thousand dollars might not sound like a lot but if you you know i think the 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 way that some of these deals can be structured and probably should be structured is look it's a couple of thousand dollars you know five ten thousand dollars now but then there's incentive bonuses if the player you know obviously sell on clauses so if they go to another team or, or go wind up going to europe you get more money but then importantly like incentives. look if this player makes team of the week that you know you get an extra 500 bucks to the the team that sold it right something like that because obviously yeah. these players do have value to the to the clubs too i mean you know that you guys are winning because some of the players in your team are performing very well and performing well as a unit obviously so part of that is coaching as well as the players themselves but um but you know if you lose one of your key pieces you want to lose it for some value right you don't want that player to leave 
and you not to get anything for it, right? So, you know, when, when Connor Antley went to um, went to Indianapolis from um, from South Georgia, like the the dollar amount wasn't particularly high, but there was a sell on clause because maybe he had a lot of upside. Um, so, you, you know, there, there's other ways that you could structure deals and just say, you know, five thousand dollars, take it or leave it. Um, and the other thing that really irks me, and I know we're on a completely different <laughs> topic yeah. other than other than the, the great goals that, that you got from your guys win this weekend. But the uh, the other thing that, that gets me is the Major League Soccer rules make it so much make it there's a disincentive for MLS teams to actually pay transfer fees to USL yeah. teams. And that's because the, um, the 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 fee that's paid to a USL team would wind up being added to the the salary cap for that player. So the thing is, if you have a player who would only make seventy five or a hundred thousand dollars, like basically be in, maybe being the eighteen, but not an everyday starter who came from USL, you might be willing to pay fifty thousand dollars for that player. But you're not. But you're not willing to pay fifty thousand dollars plus. Another seventy-five thousand dollars for the person's salary that makes them a hundred and twenty-five thousand dollar cap hit on in a salary cap league. If yeah. if U.S. Soccer, I wish U.S. Soccer would just force MLS to say domestic transfers from anyone who's played in a domestic league for more than twelve months and been registered with U.S. Soccer for more than twelve months. There's no transfer. There's no um, salary cap hit for that player uh, on the transfer fee side of things. That would open up MLS to, I think, buy not necessarily a ton of players, but I bet you there's fifteen or twenty players from you know USL Championship, maybe a couple from League One that would find their ways onto MLS teams for you know reasonable amounts of money, right? Like fifty thousand dollars. That's all of a sudden you know that's a another player's salary for a year. I mean, that's non-trivial to teams with that, that are running on such uh, shoestring budgets. So, so, so anyway, that, that's one thing that I really wish U.S. soccer would get their heads out of their butts and, and deal with. I have an actual follow-up on that, Ira. What do, you, do you think the proposed switch, I don't know what the discussed switch to sort of a European calendar. Yeah, the, the those... split season, the fall, fall spring season, yeah. Yeah, and, and one of the reasons they cited was the ability to sell players direct to Europe. Do you think that's a real option? Do you think that, that would be a more viable path since the USL to MLS path doesn't seem to exist at the moment? Yeah, I think that would be a little bit easier, um, in particular because the, the summer window is just longer and it tends to be when there's more roster turnover. You know, mm -hmm. though the January window, we all talk about it, but in Europe, um, and, and I, I've talked to a number of different clubs and owners um, in the lower divisions in, in Europe, uh, in both Germany and England, and you know all of them are, are like, yeah, we don't really do any trades in or, or do much business in January unless we really have a need. Um, so they do all, almost all of their business. And similar to, um, to, to League One here and, and the championship, most of their player deals are pretty short, like a year with a team option or, or two year uh, without a team option. So, so they have a lot of turnover or potential turnover in their rosters year after year. So they make those decisions like in June, like are we going to release this player or are we going to find someone else? They make that decision you know, in May and June when as their seasons are ending. And then if they do decide to leave some players, well, then, you know, it's in July they want to bring in players. So they're going to sign those players effectively in May and June. Um, and this, so so I do think that that would help uh, to some degree because, it, you know, if, if you're so, you know, look, let's face it. If you're Union Omaha and you get, you know, you, you get an offer for one of your key players, you know, a Greg Hurst or an Ethan Van Cordecker or someone like that. 
and it's you know and it's um, July, that's a lot harder, right? Because then you have to find a replacement for that person. You have to get them acclimated to your system and to the other players and build chemistry. That hurts your season a lot more than it than it does if you know that player leaves right at the end of the season or or maybe during preseason. Yeah, well, and then you know, I I heard a story from Lansing uh, where the the technical part of the team uh, downplayed an offer um, specifically so they could keep the player because it's the middle of the season they were trying to win. Yeah. And and I, I have no doubt that that probably happens pretty regularly, even in Major League Soccer, right? Like mm-hmm. like some Major League Soccer teams, particularly teams that are fighting for playoff berth or, you know, fighting for the supporter shield, they're not going to give up a player in July or August. You know, they might they might maybe sell them on a pre, right? They might say, hey, at the end of the season, but that doesn't necessarily help the team that's trying to, um, that, that doesn't help the team that, that's the acquiring team because they probably have that need now, not necessarily in the future, right? You're not talking about a, a Christian Pulisic or, you know, a Daryl DK who goes on loan for half a season, basically, right? You're talking about, um, you're probably talking about a relatively important player for that lower division team. So you, you you need to take you know both parties' needs into consideration when you're making these deals, and and, and so I do think being on on false ring. But keep in mind too, we're not the. That's one of the reasons why a lot of North American teams end up having like Scandinavian players for the same reason. Why a lot of why a lot of Americans who like leave U.S. academies, U.S. like MLS academies, wind up going to Scandinavia because we're on the same season as them, right? They, you know, they very rarely play games in the middle of winter, you know, north of the Arctic Circle. Um, right. Although there have been there have been some Champions League games that I've watched, by the way, that are really funny with like 25 feet of snow plowed off the field. Um, but you know, but but generally speaking, you don't have games then, right? So so they start in March, April, like we do. Uh, all right, I I'm as much as I want to keep going talking USL transfer market, because that could be a pod all to its own for the sake of expediency. We, we got to move on. Uh, I just have to put in one dig. Riley doesn't really know the efficiencies of a transfer market because he's a Dortmund fan and they let all their best players go on freeze. Okay. Moving on. Uh, uh, September 25th union Omaha is going to be playing a home game at a soccer-specific stadium in Omaha. Uh, tickets are still available. What are they, 15 bucks a ticket, Brian? Yeah, 15 bucks a ticket. Everything is general admission, so every seat in the stadium is 15 bucks for this one. So every so, seat's the best seat. Every seat's the best seat. It's all affordable, which is nice. There's no you know, upselling because you're by the Jack Daniels Club or anything like that. You, you pay 15 bucks. You can or low-cost parking. Yep. Yeah, it's downtown Omaha, so there's four parking spaces for every person employed down there. Uh, so if you cannot find parking, it's not that much of an exaggeration. Was it three? Yeah. Yeah, any of that. Ample free parking. If you can't find parking. Yes. Um, the team, if uh, you purchased a parking parking pass through the team there spots available there load up your car with all your friends family get them to a game downtown omaha at a soccer specific stadium to give a giant hint to the team of what we want okay 
Okay. Thanks, everyone. <laughs> um, but on that, the team is doing a vote for the kit combination. Winning combo is what the team will wear on 925. Um, if you are not oh, doing I'm... black, black, and Volt, you are wrong. Um, I'm wrong. You're wrong. wrong. You're both wrong. So what you do you want? Did all Volt, like so, a... so, so, so what's the other? What's the other option? I did. So I went. Uh, I'm with all black. The bl I call it the blackout. So, black tops, black shorts, black socks. So Ryan's really the only one that's wrong. I am wrong. Yeah, fully. I mean, we don't. I called do well it. I called it. Matching. I called it the killer Mike combo. Okay. Uh, like, you I have... do like. Uh, remember, so we broke our slump last year when we busted out the white and black for the first time. Yep. So that one's exciting. But I, I, you know, I'm a little disappointed we didn't have the, uh, the option to do black, white, volt. Oh, yeah. I, I was I was upset there. So, Ira, the options are all volt. So, volt top, right. short, yep. socks. Uh, black, all black, 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 black. Uh, it's a black, white, black. And then black, black, volt. So Which is the thing top the shorts. That's what they wore this past weekend, right? The black black. Yeah, 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 yeah. but that was the first time we've ever wore that. Yeah. And I kinda like it. I mean, we we won the game. So <laughs> if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Um <laughs> uh, Y'all vote with that awful, win. Though. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, with, I don't, I, win, don't win, I don't like the vault I don't like the vault tops like I, I think it's just too much it's like too yellow i feel like there's like 11 uh, or well 10 uh referees on the field <laughs> you're gonna uh, say highlighters for a second yeah it in chattanooga that was the the biggest heckle the fans had um for our players was they called them highlighters because um, it was too bright for them they weren't used to it yeah i mean but it, it was like there were 11 lights on the field or 10 lights and uh, actually, I don't know. Can't remember what Rashid is wearing. Wait, there's yeah. lights on the field in Chattanooga. What? Yeah, I, <laughs> the league has changed, Ira. League has changed. I'm, I'm kidding. <laughs> I knew that. <laughs> they, they also have a very nice. They also have a very nice jumbotron. It looks like picture in picture when you're watching it on ESPN. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it's really confusing. I was like, when when did this happen? Like, did ESPN get like really up it and? Nope, it's just their giant screen. Really, really bright. Uh, but with this win uh, against TFC2, we're back in first place with two games in hand. So let's, uh, let's jump into this. We've already talked a little bit about it with um, Devin and JP on Team of the Week, but Ryan, break it down okay. for us. Okay, so... Uh, I think Riley, you brought it up, but man, her assist, that little dink over the top to Devin. I know Devin's ball to Greg was great too, but that little dink over the top to Devin, uh, right in front of him, and then Devin finishing on our end. Uh, man, that that goal was beautiful, and it just set the tone. I think to to start the goal to start the game for us. You know what? What was great about Hurst's pass was just the just the 
the knowledge and the foresight that Devin was going to make the run because, you know, there's no guarantee he's going to make the run. And if he makes that dink pass and nobody's there, he looks like an idiot, right? So so just the fact that he knew that Devin was going to make that run, like, I don't know if that's something they worked on in practice or if it was more like, hey, put me through. And and just in the moment that Hurst knew that he couldn't, um, you know, he wasn't going to be able to get get the ball through. So instead he he did that little chip. Um, Yeah, I mean, just one of the most phenomenal assists you'll see all year in League One. Greg doesn't have a lot of them, but you know he's apparently making up. For uh, he has, if if memory serves, he has exactly Uno. Yeah. Yeah, I think like all time he maybe has like three in uh, League One. I'll uh, look this up. We can move on. It's my excuse uh, to plug AmericanSoccerAnalysis.com. <laughs> uh, did they give you free access yet, or are you being paid by <laughs> them? It, no, but like. It's really, uh, it's really changed how I do data dump. So, have they given uh, us a sponsorship on the pod yet? That's the real question. I don't think they. I'm not sure they're aware we exist. Okay. I mean, you, you got to plug them harder, Ben. Um, I, I try. <laughs> so, tweeted. Toronto, I tweeted the championship announcers about it. Yeah, <laughs> fair, fair. So, first half we. We did what we do. Um, didn't maintain too much possession. We were fit. I think we finished the first half with a little over fifty percent possession, which is higher than we were usually comfortable at. But nothing, nothing too too ridiculous um, coming our way, um, except in the sixteenth minute, sixteenth uh, or seventeenth minute. Uh, well. Sosa getting yeah. kicked in the head. I yeah, that, that was rough. I I mean it wasn't an intentional kick, but that was cleat to the head, and the cameras. Uh, thankfully, Union Omaha finally got some better camera angles. Cameras zoomed in, Is there and it it was an immediate probably golf ball sized bump on his head. Mm-hmm. Like I was pretty sure they were going to have to lance that just to, to get it down so he could get back on the field. But the fact did, they didn't even issue a yellow card for that. Uh, no, that, that, that at very least should have been a yellow as it was non-intentional, but I'm a fairly strong proponent uh, I'm saying it that way because I'm sure I would argue against it if we were a Union Omaha player in the same position. Point <laughs> to the face should be a red. I mean, that's cleat to the face, Ben. <laughs> I wouldn't want our guys to have a red if it was accidental. No. As I How said, do you accidentally kick someone in the face? Well, it's also the position of the ball too, right? The, where the ball was, like he was going for the ball. Like I don't know, that's that's a hard that that would be a harsh red. Um, but I agree, like like you know, one of the things for when you're refereeing, and I referee as well. I've refereed actually for like 30 years. Um, the 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 challenge with that is position of the ball was the player going for the ball, and like you know, someone else's face happened to be there. 
then mm -hmm. it could still be a card, but it also has to be intent and did the player have control of what they were doing, right? Like, like something that happens, it, you have to have control of your body. And if you don't have control of your body and you're, you do something that is dangerous to someone else, then it's definitely a card. And then, then the question is, you know, what's, what was the severity of it? And you know, what was intent, um, you know, able to see, right. It's why, why like throwing a punch is different than, you know, getting a yellow card for, you know, jumping up and elbowing someone accidentally when you're going up for a head ball, right. The ones are red ones, not. Um, so, so I, I think a yellow would have been warranted potentially. I, I'm just shocked that we did not have a single call off of that. Uh, Sosa was off the field for about two minutes, which our captain being off the field, we, we definitely started lapsing a little bit there. Mm -hmm. However, again, he was able to come back on. I think he played the rest of it. Uh, extremely well considering he'd gotten a good knock in the head and it it seemed to to kind of change the the tone we we went a little bit more physical after that um i don't know if uh if ben ryan you you guys saw it that way when, when we were looking at it but I, I definitely feel like we went more physical after Sosa got kicked in the head. I mean, it's, a, I think, a natural reaction to getting kicked in the head. Yeah, especially when it's your captain. I mean, I think anybody's yeah. natural reaction when it's your leader is to protect that guy. And, you know, I don't think we, we – I think we got more physical, but we didn't get dirty. You know, it was it was more those maybe softer tackles. We went in a little bit harder than we normally would, um, you know. A little bit extra at the end that that isn't dirty, but it's just a little bit of hey, I'm still here. Don't forget about us type thing. Right, it's like the, yeah. a little bit, just slightly more intensity, in, in everything. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You also started to press more a little bit after that. I don't know if that was intentional or if that was just, and you know, like you said, like just adrenaline being up a little bit after that that incident. I mean, it it definitely on that shorter field. Um, you know, a quick, quick incident there, something where it just gets the blood hot. Uh, mm -hmm. You can definitely see the guys change and um, the speed pick up where they, they know they can control that field. I mean, it is the bare minimum, like I, to the inch that FIFA allows. Uh, pretty sure I played on high school fields bigger than that. <laughs> but it, it was still very very noticeable to me just the the change in tempo change in um aggressive nature um and sing brought it back had he had a yellow i don't think he would have been quite as quite as a uh, aggressive uh pressing quite as hard and in the 53rd minute sing gets an equalizer um, okay i'd also like to say i saw the foul that led to that equalizer from a different <clears throat> angle than everyone else because I had left to go use the facilities at Warner Park. Um, During the game? I know, crazy. But What are hey, you, me taking my child to the bathroom four times? <laughs> <laughs> um, but that, at least from my angle, that's never a foul. Well, that free kick that they were given, that was never a foul. 
They he came nah, in, it, it, he got he got between the player and the ball, but he was one hundred percent playing the ball the entire time. It it looked soft uh, from the replay, but I mean that's the the downside with with League One is there's one angle that matters, and that's what's co- the eyesight of the ref. Mm-hmm. Hey, that's the same as uh, Concacaf World Cup qualifying. <laughs> um, I, I feel like we we do at least vision tests prior. <laughs> Although I, I would. I would re- gladly recommend some of our refs to uh, to maybe go referee in uh, in some areas of Central America um, for for Concacaf qualifiers. Um, but that I, I don't think Singh would have been as aggressive uh, and pushing as hard had he give, been given a yellow for that foul against against Sosa, um, which. Ross, I know it wasn't you. Uh, I can't remember who was doing the broadcast. It's Sosa. Oh, that, no, no, so no, no, that was, uh, uh, they, they, I think everybody messed up. Saying Sousa. Yeah, they all messed it up. It's not. It's not John Philip. It's Sosa. Sosa. Uh, but sing. Singh definitely was was playing a lot more aggressively, willing to, you know, to get fouled um, as Riley's angle showed, uh, purportedly, get fouled intentionally, allegedly. Um, yeah. It and then gets a, a frankly beautiful goal. Just yeah. that that was. Fantastic. Uh, uh, so what? I have it on good authority. Mm. Um, AKA somebody on the team saw my video uh, posted on Instagram. and was like interesting angle. And we chatted about it. Ball came off of JP's head. According to this player. So JP got a brace. <laughs> I don't know. Do, is it a brace or is it a zero? <laughs> uh, I'm going to call it a brace. Uh, no, J- JP said he scored that one for me, uh, even though it wasn't 25 yards out. But still, uh, I'll, I'll give JP a brace for this. Uh, I uh, thought I so uh, Mir didn't jump. I thought mm-hmm. that was the issue, but that apparently was not the issue. I mean, I, Amir doesn't seem to go up for headers all that often. He he's willing to play everywhere. But I, I don't see him tackle or trying to, to win things in the air quite as much. And, um, and Mir, I, I don't know. If... By all means, come on the pod and defend yourself, please. Please, please. I'd love to have you. <laughs> you know, if, if, if it did hit the wall, then I'm not sure it's a goal. <laughs> not... Uh, no, it, it, if it did hit JP, um, no, there worse things have happened, but if that didn't, that that should easily be goal of the week. Um, no, Beautiful. that that was yeah. If it curved like that, went over the wall, just did everything that a goal is supposed to do. That that. I mean, I, I'm surprised he wasn't in Cincinnati. 
Um, which didn't Toronto lose to Cincinnati that night? Yeah. I, I think Toronto actually lost to Cincinnati, which is saying something because Cincinnati doesn't usually win things. At least not in MLS. And Toronto, <laughs> Toronto is not good this year, though. Yeah, uh, that's true. Uh, can't, at least they haven't lost to a CPL team yet. <laughs> hey, we can't forget the Toronto 2 sniped a child on the berm in the pregame. Oh, man, that kid took it straight to the face, too. Yeah. No, that poor, that kid took it, man. Oh, but he got God. ice cream. He got ice cream, so it was all. It was he got all ice good. cream and he got back up, which I, I'm impressed. Yeah, couldn't have been like more than six. I got. I tried to head a ball once and I got knocked out cold. Okay. Luke was there for that. Yeah, he did. <laughs> so, so to support support what Iris said uh, about Toronto's uh, senior team. In their last seven matches, they have exactly one point and two red cards. So, <laughs> there you go. More red cards and points. That's yeah. That's a bad run. That's well, a they, really they bad run. Colors red. Oh, uh, I, Ira, we man, did that, get another question like on Twitter. Uh, so, from a wonderful Parliament member, uh, stop me if I mispronounce his last name, Troy Llewellyn. I, th- I believe yeah, I it, you Llewellyn, Llewellyn, very nice Welsh name. We have a lot of those around here. So he would like to know yeah. if you have a jersey with the name Ira. He's just always wanted to ask you because of the play on words. <laughs> you know, you know what? That would be a great idea. And I have to say, Mister Llewellyn, I, I I think I'll do that. No, unfortunately, I I do have a couple of jerseys. I've done a couple of fantasy camps uh, with uh, uh, with the New York Red Bulls and. All of my jerseys say Jersey, so it's uh, it it's that Oof. that also is a play on words. And when I wear that to yeah, the stadium, yeah, that's also pretty funny. People are wait, like, wait. "Hey, it's Jersey's jersey." <laughs> in Jersey too, because you're a Red Bulls fan, right? Yeah, yeah, that's right, exactly. So up in so Harrison, the Jersey's jersey, in Jersey, Jersey, Jersey yeah? cubed. I I'll, I mean, th- this is completely doesn't mean anything, but we did actually look at a house when I first moved to Jersey on Jersey Avenue in Jersey City, New Jersey. Ooh, ooh, that, that would have been perfect. Did you like, wear a jersey with the name jersey on the back when you viewed that house? Uh, no. No. This is some crazy, like, inception like level stuff. <laughs> if there was off-street uh, parking, we probably would have taken it, so. Uh, oh, it's I, always the off-street parking. I, I, I will. I place in Denver because we didn't have off-street parking. I will say I'm kind of surprised Troy didn't ask a Star Trek question. Um, that, oh, lower that, decks is so good. By the way, it's, oh, it, it is. Oh, yeah, it's fantastic. We can nerd out later about that. Yeah. Um. All right, Ben, give us our next one uh, on uh, on this breakdown. I feel like you have well covered Dami's assist and JP's game winner extensively in this podcast to date. Uh, does anybody else have anything new to add to that? It happened. It it was really good. Did I really wish I mentioned this in data dump, but I wish I'd found a site where I could have bet on JP to score a goal because I would have just increased my bet every week and it <laughs> eventually would have paid off because uh, he was he was running into really dangerous territory um, mm-hmm. with his uh, you know goals minus expected goals. 
mm. extremely negative. And, and I, you know, Ira mentioned earlier that it was a bit of a lucky goal, but this is a guy who's been incredibly unlucky that he hasn't scored. Like, think about that bullet header that was cleared off the line by, like, a defender in Arizona against TFC2, and, like, you know, JP scored, was our leading scorer in preseason, like, you know, he's our best aerial threat. It's kind of been crazy that he hasn't scored. He's probably generated more incredible saves than anybody else on the team. Yeah, I wish, I wish we had good. I wish we had good, uh, good expected goal statistics because it would be interesting to see over the course of the season so far. And now we'd have enough data points to see if um, if JP, you know, actually had like you know should have five goals or something like that. But uh, you know, just so those. well, I would suggest checking out American Soccer Analysis. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Does their own? God, you guys really do. You guys really do need a sponsorship from them. Yeah. <laughs> they do their own wizardry, and he he was at about three uh, xg with zero goals scored, like somewhere between two and a half and three. And so he finally put one in. Yeah. Yep. There we go. I mean, uh-huh. Ben, I, I'm expecting you to write uh, write a very nice email to them, asking them to pay for better microphones or a better producer i mean just i just uh you can't buy a producer like riley um i mean i i'm not even sure he's still there he, he should have been using a soundboard at that point i mean you can uh, buy me um you just uh my phone number is 402 <laughs> are, are you are you giving ben's number now uh no, no, I actually, um, I, I do have a 402 number. I was one of the lucky ones, too. We all know, we all know yeah. I have the Utica phone number still, so. Ah, uh, yeah. I mean, Ryan's probably got a Cedar Rapids number or something. No, I, uh, I have a 402. Oh, okay. It's two numbers, it's two numbers off from my wife's. There we go. Yep. That's adorable. It is. All right. Um, subs. subs. I, I put all this right. in here for Ben alone. Yeah, well, you guys made yeah, a good right. point last week that that you guys had been underutilizing subs, right? And mm-hmm. and so I think it it is interesting that there were, you know, let, let's let's call it two and a half subs. Yeah. yeah, I mean, Austin's sub at the end was very like time wasting. Let's just let's get this thing across the line. So, um, yeah, what was it the ninety second minute? I think is when we made that. So out of four. Um, as I believe you put in the notes, the pint nine ninety plus minute. Sub. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's a, it's a good one. Ricky coming on and then moving back to left wing was interesting. Um, yep. Not something I, I kind of want to see if we're facing a goal necessarily, but obviously it worked out. So uh, be quiet. Well, um, that, was, and that was a conversation Luke and uh, Kyle and I had uh, on the burn was when Ricky was coming in, it was like, who's he coming on for? And when we saw it was a mirror, then we started having that conversation. Okay, well, Evan's dropping to the wing. They can move, you know, Devin's probably going to the other side. I think Connor ended up moving centrally at that point. Um, so we did shift a lot of guys around at, at that point too. Yeah. And yeah. I. Sorry, Ben, go ahead. No, 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 you go ahead. I I thought it worked very well. Um, it, Amir played one heck of a game in, what was that, his 10th position he has played. We still have to try him at goalkeeper, but um, no, there's time. There's time. It, R- Ricky coming on, Ricky is doing 
what we'd hoped we'd get out of um, Elma earlier in the season, but he's also his first touch is good. Yeah. Oh. Like he, yeah. when he's on the ball, you're not getting him off of the ball and he's getting the goals. Well, he got well, a I... goal, but he has clearly the ability to get goals. Right. He's played what? Like 90 minutes so far. And he's gotten a goal. That's, that's fine. Right? Like, yeah. Um, I, mean, I think, you know, I, I don't, I don't think Evan has been much better as a forward than as a left wing in terms of scoring goals, but it's obvious that Jay believes that he can get the work done. Um, and that's why he's out there, right? Because he's, he's going to do like, you're not going to play for Jay if you're not willing to back back, right. And press and defend, right. Like he, you know, 10 minutes after Ricky comes on, he brought on, you know, two d- defenders, right? Like, Yep. Uh, play five in the back. So I, I think, I think I'm glad Jay did it because I, you know, three of your most dangerous players out there. Um, but at the same time, eh, I'm well, not sure I think, if it's our most. Go ahead. I think if you're going to keep Greg and Evan on, and bring Ricky on for somebody else, I don't know that. I think Jay knows that Ricky is not a winger. So if you're if you're gonna if you're going to move somebody, it's a guy that you've played in that position before that is at least semi-comfortable there. Is it Evan's best position? Probably not, but you're not, you're not putting Greg or, or Ricky out there. So put your two pure strikers up top and, and move the guy that can at least play left out left. So he can, you know, he feels competent while he's out there. I think that's, I think that was Jay's uh, thought process behind the whole thing. Honestly. Yeah, I, I think that's I think that's fair, and of course, you know, in J Mims we trust. Uh, I made that very clear. I, in J Mims we trust. Okay, this was Conway's first full ninety since uh, since A he got long injured. Time. Yeah. I I was very impressed with it. I was. I, I mean. I, I'm gonna have to go into this next one. Elal for Greg. Very interesting sub. Um Elal is terrible as a striker. <laughs> terrible. Uh he's, he's had almost no attempts on goal in his career. Come on. Hey. Uh very glad to see him back in in the lineup. Uh very glad to see him getting in there. And the second he stepped in um, on defense, it was immediate command. Um, calling the line, setting offsides traps, you know, doing everything we'd missed from him while still having the best defense in the league. I, yeah. it, it was not, not a night and day, but it was definitely like uh, late afternoon and night. I, I was like, he's showing off. He's here to remind Jay that this was his job and he's ready for it back. <laughs> yeah. Um, Toby in for Sosa. Um, I know for the, the friendly against Bellevue, we did see Toby playing more of a, a wingback position. Mm-hmm. And I think he, he, did, he did in uh, Chattanooga too, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, but Chattanooga was such a 
Yeah, there was uh, a lot going on the, there. Yeah, there was the victory yeah. event that kept our. Well, I guess Faraday was on a different thing than the other two guys, but whatever. Yeah, we were missing yeah. three defenders that day. Yeah, and I'll I'll say this, Toby. Sorry, I got some jack wagon outside. Uh, <laughs> um, Toby is looking absolutely fantastic. It sliding into that role, leaving JP in that uh, center defensive mid position. And having both of them on the field, they both, uh, JP and Toby, they both bring such tenacity out there. Uh, a lot of physicality, willing to willing to get a yellow card if necessary to to make sure that we're going to get the points out of the game. Um, very, very happy to see both those subs out there. Um, and again, I think Ilal coming on just hopefully bodes well for for the rest of the season i hope we get all defensive stats sure right uh 158 minutes played uh 13 shots two of them on target xg of 1.35 one key pass and uh expected assists of 0.07 That's honestly higher than I thought it would be. That's so much higher than I thought it would be. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. I was going to say, I think, I know we're jumping ahead a little bit, but I I have a feeling we're going to see you all a lot more um, this coming weekend on Sunday. And we're going to start playing like seven games in a month, so we're going to see you all again this year. Yeah, but I just, I going down to Dallas where they – North Texas typically plays more full strength. Um, having him back there doing what he was doing the last, what was it, 10, 15 minutes he was out there, I think that's going to be a lot better for us for a result. You think he's match fit, though? I mean, Mike is clearly fit. Jake's clearly fit. Right? Is a lol? Um, he seemed to be. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's fair. Like uh, I talking to him, I I know he was staying fit. It was more just getting him back on the ball, and he one slight slip up, but even that was slowing the play down enough for Rashid to to get control and clear it for first time back in what's it been three months. Four, mm-hmm. yeah, something like that. Three or four. June it was. It all happened uh, June second. Okay, so yeah, uh, that that was significantly better than I was expecting. Um, and considering when he was brought back into training to to when he's starting now, much much better than than was expected. Uh, so. Hoping that as he trains further, and we we see him, I I'd like to see five in the back more. Uh, I'll just be honest there. I think we do well every time we have it. I I think I think it's easier to play five in the back though on your field than it will be going down to a full size pitch in North Texas. Um, I I think that's just a you know part of it part part of 
you have when you play a back five is you tend to have the wing backs really play up, which I think goes to the strengths of some of the players on Omaha. Whereas if you go to like North Texas um, and you have those five and you only have three in the back, guys like Rayo and stuff are going to get in behind on mm-hmm. on your team during the uh, during the run of play, and you really have to be careful about that. So, so Ben, what what fields have we played five in the back on? Because uh, per your data, Tucson, Tucson only, and now this. Okay, and I I'm not certain of Tucson's field stats. I um or size. I suppose I could. There's it's probably not, something. As, I don't think it's as small as yours yeah. for sure. So, but but there might have been other other things too. Like if you played five in the back there, you might have been trying to. Um, you know, you, you might have been trying to do something very specific, you know, like trying to I, look at Delgado or, or one of the one of the pacey guys that uh, that Tucson has. Maybe you're trying to mitigate some of their uh, some of their pace. We've only really done it at the end of games. You know, like I, I doubt we've played 40 minutes in. You know, uh, with five in the back, and it's only been games where we've like been hanging on, and I think Jay is ready to make the change because you know we're we're dying out there, right? Like we're we're really close to being overwhelmed. We need that extra thing in the back, and I'm usually against that because obviously Jay's a you know only ever plays in the four four two, but I'm now starting to get more comfortable with it, and I would say yeah, I don't want to I don't want to see it at the start of the game, but if we're trying to kill a game off. You know, maybe we do it a little bit earlier than the 83rd minute. Um, yeah, I mean, I think we've all been fairly vocal about our thoughts on Jay substitutions. <laughs> and Jay, we trust. Well, well and I, br- <laughs> I brought it up in the outline because we talked about it being a disappointment if we don't use all five subs, and we did not use all five subs. And like like Ira brought up, it was really like like three and a half, two and a half, three and a half, something like that. Because the Austin yeah, it was, sub, happened, it was really, it was really three, it was really three subs. Yeah, yeah, because Austin sub was so late, and it was just a time wasting thing. I mean, but yeah. who else do you pull off? Who else do you pull off the bench? Where do you put them? I I, I think my the reason I've tried to be less critical on this is because I think a lot of the time it's the personnel just isn't like you know we have a lot of great midfielders but why are we swapping out the mid you know like Nick Firmino right he's like the other guy on the bench to come on but like at what point in this particular game do we need Nick Firmino yeah yeah and for who I mean, if it was Nick coming offense. on, it would have... No offense, Nick, right? Like, I mean, No, I, I mean, I think if he's coming on, he's coming on for Connor because it's a breather type thing more than, you know, more than anything. But but at that point, you moved Connor centrally because you wanted somebody that will track back and is more defensive. So, you know, and, and can play the ball forward where Nick is more wants possession and and wants to create. So, yeah, I mean, in that sense, I just, you know... From a steer, uh, just a number standpoint, where we talked about using five because of going to Texas, and then we used four, it was definitely uh, something that stood out. And they were late. I mean, not late, late, but you know, Greg Berhalter against Canada late. 
Well, at least not our first. <laughs> at least not our first one. But we did have a couple then at the what was it the eighty third. Yeah, but again, those are like all right. We got to nail down this game for defensive purposes, right? Yeah. Like, well, they were actually strategic. I'm a uh, Yeah. Got a referent for us, Luke? Or have we called well, it? I was just saying, I, I think that whole thing turned into one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, it's not changing. Uh, support the, the refs the, trying to unionize so they can get better training. God, that like, kills you to say it, doesn't it? It does. <laughs> it does. <laughs> like... Uh, just so they're, they're trying to form a, a labor union or reckon or have a labor union form trying to be recognized by the pro so that way they can get better training and bring in more more refs better refs have the resources to fight a unionization effort yeah, I have no idea. Uh, but support it. Something's got to change. Uh, it, it's atrocious across the league. It seems to be more vocal this year. Um, yeah. Just Ira, come how, on. Ira, you're a ref who own a team. Um, oh, ne- never mind. You can't talk about it because you'll get fined. You mean about about the referees themselves? About the the so no, official, no. I was going to official... ask, yeah, what you think the quality of refereeing in League Two is? So That's well, a trap we, question, right? we have region. Well, we have, you know, it, it's there's some refs who are better than others. There are some refs. The, the the thing that gets me with referees, and it's not necessarily the quote unquote quality of referees, because I think a lot of both players and and fans who have never refereed, you know, really and coaches actually don't appreciate how difficult it is to referee, particularly if you're doing a high-level game and, and where the speed of play is very, very fast, and especially if it's an open game where the the ball is going from penalty area to penalty area within you know, 10 to 15 seconds, you're, you're not making that run, and so you're not necessarily going to be on top of the, the play every single time, so you have to call the game that you see. Um, my big thing w- with referees is more about consistency. Like, are they consistent in this is this is a push, this is not a push. This is, you know, you're, you're calling, um, you know, you're calling this a trip, but not that a trip, even though it's exactly the same thing. So so consistency gets me more. But but in fairness, you know, particularly professional referees, they are critiqued after every single game. They get they talk to and, and we actually on League One Fun, I actually talked to the head of the of Pro 2, which is the referee. Um, a signer and uh, an edu- head of education for all the refs that do USL Championship League One as well as the NWSL, um, and that's basically this mostly the same pool. And, and you know they they do a lot of work, and and you know these aren't necessarily going to be perfect. They are human, um, and you know so so and and especially in League One, right? They're learning, but they got there because they work League Two games because they did US Open Cup games, right? They 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 work their way up the pathway. And and quite frankly, and look, I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna say this because I also I also coach and ref at the youth level uh, primarily. We don't have the best referees because parents, because 
fans mm-hmm. on the sidelines like screaming at my son is 17 years old he hates refereeing now because you know parents go after him and the coach calls him the worst ref that he's ever had which by the way if if my son was the worst ref that this coach ever saw then he's only had the best referees in the league ever um <laughs> the the um you know but but it's things like that 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 is disincentive for good referees to stay being good referees yeah right and 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 to to run through the pathway so um and yeah. i'm not saying that that the refs are necessarily all bad or anything in fact i think just the opposite um, but you, you have to appreciate that, that, um, like we don't make it easy on referees either. Right. And, and you yeah. have to be cog- cognizant and conscious of that. Um, I never, but, and, and you miss refs. calls. I mean, I mean, every ref misses a call. I miss calls every game. I, I, I videotape some of my games that I, that I do. And, you know, I'm like, yeah, I missed that call. Like I just wasn't in position. There was two players next to me. My assistant referee, you know, didn't put up his flag when he should have, um, or could have. And. Yeah, you know that that happens all the time. So you can only call the the games that you see. Yeah, I I think that's a good point too, Ira. Because we did a um a thing with Council Bluffs where they did a tournament uh, that we went over and helped volunteer, you know, get scorecards and stuff. And we went to the ref tent, and there was uh, a a thirteen year old girl that was refing one of the eight year old games, and and she a very similar experience to what you said with your son, like getting yelled at by parents and it's, you know, it's eight year it's third graders playing soccer and these parents are yelling at him. Like it's the final of a world cup or something, you know? And I can see why kids at that age would be like, no, I'm good. I don't, I don't need to be yelled at all the time. No, I, Ira, this is something I've kind of gone on ad nauseum in the past. Well, three months, I think it's been since it, it's been announced. Introducing a new third-tier soccer league next year, my biggest worry is the already strained uh, or lifeline of referees is going to be even further spread, mm-hmm. and which will require bringing in refs who aren't as up to speed, aren't as well trained, you no, know, haven't necessarily picked all the boxes because just need referees. Do you, as a referee, as a owner, um, as a fan, do you see that as a possibility that we're just going to be, you know, short referees or promoting referees that haven't put in the time? So my, my read on this, I think, I think, you're probably right that basically we're going to need more referees that maybe don't aren't aren't as seasoned as some others. But I also think the fact that you'll have more games is that over time you'll have much more, many more referees with more experience, right? So it, it, there's nothing better. It's like playing, right? There's nothing better than playing games, right? And there's nothing better than refing games. And and uh, you know at, at I, I can I can tell you just from my experience, every single one of my USL League Two games had a referee assessor there, and afterwards, all the refereeing crew would all get together with the assessor and they'd go out somewhere and they'd talk about the game, right? And they they'd review what you know what what you did well, what you didn't do well. Did you do team you know man management well? Did you do you know game management just in general? You gave a red card. Look, one of my players got a red card. You know, he took a swing at a guy. Of course, he got a red card. Thank goodness, right? Like. Um, you know, did, did I like the fact that the guy got a two-game extension? No. Oh, it's suspension? No. But the referee did the right thing. And, you know, you have to 
you know, and and the more that those play that those referees are put into those more challenging environments, I think over time the better that they'll get. Does that mean next year or the year after we're going to have uh, you know awesome referees? Maybe not, but um, you know, the, but over time some of them can develop into really good referees, and I think that's you know you know. Look, it's this way in every single league around the world, and and I'm sure if we were talking to someone in you know EFL League League Two or League One, they would tell you you know the referees that they get are the referees that aspire to be Premier League referees, but they're not Premier League referees, and and you know so you know USL League One and this new MLS Reserve League is basically going to be the same thing, um, and yeah, and the more the more people you have in that pool, quite frankly, the better that that. I think that they'll ultimately get. I mean, that's definitely the hope. Um, I, yeah, but, but it could be. Uh, but you're right; it could be ugly. Yeah, <laughs> you're one, right? <laughs> For sure. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm really hoping that it just doesn't lead to a immense strain, and then you end up with, uh, you know, ownership players who just don't want to compete in the compete in the u.s because the refing standards aren't up there so, so there should be uh, one thing there should be one thing that u.s soccer could implement unilaterally and that fifa should probably implement and it's the same thing that they have for for rugby union i don't know if you guys are familiar with the laws of rugby union but in the laws of rugby union it's the referee is the referee no one will question them no one everyone will respect them and if you say anything to them you are gone full stop and then that doesn't matter if you're a fan you're you know anyone um, you know, if we implemented something like that, it would take a little while and a little getting used to, but, um, but implementing something like that, especially at the youth level, I think in particular, um, would probably do wonders for the quality of refereeing over, over time. Uh, I, yeah, I, I think that would be fair. We brought you on the pod for. It's all, all in league one fun. So, Ira, um, I, we just had one more Twitter question roll in. It is from someone with the handle 404 Riley. Um, oh, Riley. <laughs> Riley. Riley. Jeez. Anyways. Watch out for this question, Ira. So, I actually thought of this today um, when I um, heard about the passing of Norm MacDonald. He's one of the most iconic um, lower-tier sports owners in U.S. history, I would say. Um, so, yeah, and I, it, I hate to say that I didn't even know that he was uh, that he was a sports owner. Yeah, he, he, he was uh, an owner for a team that uh, lasted one year um, in an arena football league. They were called the Salt Lake uh, Screaming Eagles, I believe. Um, and the fan-controlled football thing that happened earlier this year, um, they did that, but in a normal league. Um, so they fans were picking their plays and against a team that had a like a coach picking their plays. Um, but uh, so it, anyways, his passing kind of got me thinking about you know owning teams in lower division sports in America, and I just wanted to ask you like what has your overall experience been like? Has it been positive? What are the drawbacks? What do you love about it? Um, so first, it's uh, it's a challenge, and and obviously we started Real Central New Jersey Soccer in the middle of a pandemic, so that certainly didn't help, you know, get 
advertising and doing word of mouth or going to all the, you know, local rec leagues and, and doing our tabling for, you know, visibility and stuff. So I can say that it's, it's starting a business, right? There, there's no two ways about it. Like first and foremost, yes, there's soccer being played on the field, but at the end of the day, you, you know, if you're doing a lower division soccer team, whether you're playing in, in like a local regional league, like the guys at Lansing are doing, like the, the guys who used to, um, you know, do the, do the Lansing Ignite podcast who are starting their own local club playing in the mid, I think it's the Midwest Premier League. Um, they, you know, they're starting a business and, you know, the, your structure, your business, you have to consider who, how are you getting your capital, um, you know, where you want to play and, and, um, you know, what league you're going to play in, um, what experience you want your fans to have um, is, is different, right? So I would say that within our division, within USL League 2, um, we probably had uh, among among the top three in fan experience out of the eight teams in the division. Um, we went to a lot of teams where they had no fans or they had, you know, it was the uh, you know parents of some of the players. So they had like, you know, 20, 20 people in the in the um, in, in the stadiums and one place didn't even have a stadium. Um, you know, we had we had hundreds of people at some of our games um, when it wasn't pouring rain. Uh, the, the two games, two games, we, we really, yeah, I wish we hadn't, didn't have to play because it was pouring rain, but the other, most of the other games, we had hundreds of people at them. And, and, you know, that was the kind of fan experience that we wanted to try and build in the community. Like you guys are part of this growing community around Union Omaha and, you know, trying to build that from the front office perspective is not easy. And when you get, you know, passionate people like you who are starting podcasts for their local third tier soccer team and third division soccer team like that's spectacular right and and you're now ambassadors for union omaha in your community and you know kudos to you guys and and you know we hope that over time we're able to build the same kind of thing you know you know unfortunately for us you know we we, we started this whole project right damn in the middle of the pandemic whereas you guys had at least a little bit of lead time um b before the before the season started um so, so I would say it's 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 a lot of work. Um, it's a lot of passion. We have a lot of great volunteers, um, and uh, you know, at the, at the end of the day, what was was it was it fun? I can't say it was always fun, but I can say that it was um, it was definitely. Um, how should I say this? It was exciting to see the the guys and the, the guys and girls on the field this year. I, I mean, it was just really was like wearing our colors and. And you know, people cheering them, and and you know, our our girls came in second place, so they got a trophy. And you know, the 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 Gotham FC folks were were you know looking at them like they were crazy because our our girls were cheering just like they won the won the league. <laughs> you know, but but everyone had a good time, right? And I think that that's ultimately the the best you could hope for. I I think as soccer continues to grow in this country in a way that we haven't country hadn't seen probably since the thirties it, it that that sort of experience and the experience of teams starting up in your community um the off chance that anybody who's not already in the league is listening get involved because watching you know the the players watching the fans watching everybody and doing it from a privileged position of being somebody who's helping to make it happen 
it is just an otherworldly experience. Absolutely, uh, and it can happen out of nowhere. Like, I showed up to a pickup soccer game, and now I produce a podcast with three people that like to pick on me 24-7. <laughs> hey, and you got a new job out of it, Riley. Come on. That's true. I got a pretty good job out of it. Uh, pretty good. It's uh, after week one, I see. Uh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Riley's, uh, 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 you know, 80th question of the week about porting a fax number. He's... Uh... Wait, does Riley not know how to fax? God, do you guys still fax? Uh, oh, you don't. Yeah, you, you don't want to get into it. You do not no, want to get into Riley it. And I, Riley and I work for a uh, one of the leading providers of uh, fax over IP solutions. Oh. So. Shout out Documo.com. You don't sponsor us, Riley. You, you know, where, 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 you know, Ted Lasso could have used your services. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Uh, one, one last thing before we we wrap it up. North Texas uh, score predictions. Let's just run through that since we're not going to break it down because I feel like um, my work's going to hate me if I'm up any later tonight. Um, I'll go first. I'll, I'll say uh, I'll say two 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 draw. All right. All right. Uh, ben. We'll say a 1-1 one, one draw, but I like Ooh. the 2-2 two, two draw scoreline. That's kind of what I was thinking. Ryan? Uh, so I've been, you guys know, I've been saying this all month. It has to be a, at least a 10-point month. Uh, so I think this one's a draw as well. I'm going to go 1-1 one, one draw. Yeah. Riley? Man, you guys are such downers. I... You know this what? Why we're at the top of the table and you're at the bottom? I'm not actually. Um, I'm third to you're last. You're lower now. than me. You are lower um, than me. I actually don't believe I am anymore. But um, yeah, yeah. Actually, I'm one point ahead of you. So, anyways, um, I'm gonna go two nil Union Omaha because why not? Well, that's um. Right. I, I'm gonna go to two one. I don't see a way in which North Texas doesn't score, but I feel like we've got good momentum and uh, especially with our defensive options, which is something we'd worried about all season. Um, defensive options finally in play. We we have a chance to... Because we do have the best defense in the league. We, we have a chance to hold them back. Uh, we also... Um, not only do we have the best defense by far, we actually, for the first time, have a backup at every position on the roster. I know. It, it, for, Amazing. For defense. for defense. It's the depth. The depth. Oh, I I'd also... To think how you, I would uh, also just like to say... That. Sorry, Ben, I didn't mean to cut you off. I would just I like to know, say... You're, you're fine. Um, if North Texas does score, my only absolute lock of the week is that Alex Bruce will not be the one to score for North Texas. <laughs> Personal yeah, vendetta. He been, he, he's been mostly he's mostly been coming off the bench, right? So yeah, because uh, he's not very uh, good. He and he started trash talking Riley, and his whole career has been Jeopardy ever since. <laughs> yeah, don't don't uh, Alex Bruce. If you want to hash it out, don't reach out to me. This is only North Texas's second uh, game at home in over a month, I think. Um, so you know, it's it's pretty. Uh, you know, they, they haven't been home for a long time. So I, I think you can't take their recent run of form 
Um, you know, getting a lot of one nil, you know, one nil loss to Chattanooga, a bunch of draws on the road. I, I don't know. I, I think it's. I think they're sneaky, a pretty good team. Um, and and you know, they're. I agree that that your defense is going to be solid, but you're on their turf, so. Um, so I do think that you could leak a goal or two. So you know that that's one of the reasons why. But but I also think that that their defense is not as strong as it has been in years past. Um, so so that that's why I think like you know. Two one would not surprise me one at all. Neither would one one or two two, right? Like I think it's, it's probably that kind of game where there's there's you know. But I would be pretty surprised if both teams didn't score. So, um, I like the two one or or two two prediction. I I agree. So. And honestly, just really quick, a fun stat about Alex Bruce is he's the fourth option when you Google his name. There are three other options ahead of him. Just like he's not the first option on the uh, depth <laughs> chart for his coach. <laughs> Oh man! Oh, Riley. Oh. Does he have a family? <laughs> nope. I don't know, but he's not <laughs> even the first one off the bench either. So. Uh, oh wow! All right. Uh, okay. I got one last question. I I think you know what's coming. Who gives a hoot? We do. We do. We do. We do. We do. We do. 